Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hi, I'm Scott Bay, a member of the Global Industrial Goods and Technology Practice based in Calgary. In today's podcast, I'm delighted to be speaking with Ben Nyland. Ben is president and CEO of Loop Energy, an industry-leading developer, manufacturer, and supplier of hydrogen fuel cell systems for vehicle OEMs and power generation system manufacturers. Headquartered in Vancouver, the company is listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Ben is responsible for the company's strategic planning, corporate leadership, market expansion, and managing key partner relationships as the company commercializes transportation solutions at scale. Prior to joining Loop Energy, Ben spent over 10 years in a variety of senior management positions, including as president of Ramworth Capital Services and COO of Exo Technologies. Ben, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Scott. Well, Ben, to kick off this discussion, can you share some background on your career journey and how you got to your current role? Yeah, I'd love to, Scott. I think the best way I can describe it is throughout my career, I've been opportunistic when opportunities presented themselves and I've continually wanted to learn and grow. I started my career with a computer engineering degree. I very quickly discovered that I didn't really want to be an engineer. I love technology, but what I really loved was the business of technology. And so I experienced that during the dot-com boom of the 90s, really was bitten by the early stage company bug at that point and continued that through into the 2000s. And then sort of late 2000s, I realized that I wanted my time to really contribute towards a better world. I had kids at the time and started thinking about legacy. And so started to move into the clean energy space, first with a wind company that you mentioned, Xro Technologies. But then I had the opportunity to join Loop Energy. At the time, I met the founder. He was looking to start growing a team around the technology that he'd patented and successfully proven out at the National Research Council, part of Canada's scientific research body. And it looked like a phenomenal opportunity to participate in a clean energy opportunity that wasn't just a science project, but really had legs commercially. So I joined Loop in 2012 and joined with a few other people that were just getting started and we started to build the company. I was made president in 2015, and in 2016, the board and the founder decided it was time for me to take over as CEO from the founder. And so since 2016, I've been leading the commercialization and team building process for Loop. Excellent. Well, Loop Energy really seems like the ideal company for you to lead since it perfectly marries your desire for intellectual stimulation coupled with the motivation to make a positive impact in the world. And while we're on the topic of the impact good leadership can have, I think that's a good segue to the next question. So at Hydrogen Struggles, we identified four aspects of leadership that we think are crucial to the success in the energy sector, broadly speaking, going forward. Thinking like an activist, relating like a diplomat, serving as an advocate, and developing a new humility. Do any of these resonate with you and anything in particular that stand out in terms of how your leadership style has changed over your career and since you became CEO? Well, I think they all make sense in the context that I'm operating in. And it also seems very challenging to find all four of those in any one individual. The reason why I think those characteristics are required is this energy transition that we're in is a very complex environment. 
There are obviously entrenched interests that don't want to see change. There are many people who want to see change, but they're constrained economically. And of course, the ecosystem, the supply chain for energy is very challenging. And in this sort of disruptive arena, we need to manage people. We need to manage technology. We need to be realistic about what solutions can actually get into the market. But we also need to be impatient enough to push those past the entrenched interests. So for myself personally, I would say traditionally I would be a more diplomatic type of personality. But one of the things that I've had to learn in this new role is how to be more of an activist, how to be more of an advocate. I moved into the clean energy space because I wanted to make a difference. The reality is that to make a difference, we need to learn how to push. And that's not something I've always been comfortable with, but it's something that I've been able to develop. And more importantly, I've been able to bring people around me who are more naturally activist in their outlook, who are more naturally able to advocate. And I can learn from them and come alongside them. We can work together as a team. And perhaps diving into some of those leadership themes a little bit further and perhaps more from a lens of a public company like Loop, we often find that leaders of public companies face the challenge of addressing both the shorter term commercial outcomes with longer term business sustainability. How do you navigate this dichotomy and ensure you're addressing all shareholders as well as stakeholders? Well, I have to say, Scott, this is actually in keeping with my career theme, a phenomenal learning opportunity. So I love learning new things. Loop has not quite been public yet for one year. Our one-year anniversary is at the end of February, and this is an area I continue to learn in. Again, not unlike the advocacy and activism I was talking about before, what I've done over the last year is really bring people onto the team that have that experience and understanding of the public markets. The reality is, as a fuel cell company, as a clean energy company, we're in a growth industry and we're a growth company. And so the metrics that typically get applied to public entities, mature public entities like price to earnings ratios, price to sales ratios, and these sorts of things don't really apply in a meaningful way that investors can understand. And so what we've done as a company is implemented and shared with investors metrics that we use to track our own progress and just be open and transparent with those investors about how we're going to know if we're succeeding in our business plan, because these other metrics don't really apply. And so what we've heard back from shareholders and investors is that it's helpful for them to understand how we're measuring and it's helpful for them to see how successful we are being in setting the foundation to be that growth company and to be that mature public entity in the years to come. Well, I think that's encouraging to hear. And I'm of the belief that businesses can do well by doing good. And it's inspiring to hear companies like Loop Energy, no pun intended, fueling the ESG journey and contributing once again to a better world that hopefully will translate to commercial success for the company for years to come in a way that makes sense for investors, as you described. So I think this is a perfect segue to the next question, Ben. Loop has a cutting edge technology as well as a strong innovation team. How do you as CEO influence the corporate culture to pivot from one that's focused on, let's call it a serious science project to a more commercial culture? Any lessons learned that you can share with other CEOs on this journey? Well, I think in the fuel cell industry, the reality is that it's a young industry, although it's been around for decades, it's at the very early stages of commercialization. 
lot of extremely smart people. We have engineers who have been working at this for a couple of decades who really understand fuel cell technology. They're motivated. They work extremely hard. But because they've spent their whole career in basically research and development environments, they don't yet know how the commercialization process works. They're motivated. They want their work to result in great things for the world and great products for their customers, but they don't have the experience of what that means, practically speaking. And so the first thing to understand is they have the motivation. There's not a lack of motivation. It might be a lack of knowledge, but it's not a lack of motivation. So as a leader, I obviously do my talking head bit and I highlight achievements the team has made or things that I want to really draw forth that are examples of the sorts of accomplishments that we want to do or the sorts of activities we want people to start to undertake. But I think one of the most important things that we've done here at Loop is we've started to bring in people from other industries that are more mature commercially and they bring with them that knowledge, that expertise of what needs to be done to successfully launch a commercial product. And in that environment where we have existing employees who are thirsty to understand what they need to do and are motivated to work hard to accomplish that by bringing in people with the knowledge, that knowledge is shared and everybody is able to move forward successfully. So it's really about building the community knowledge and having that knowledge transfer into the rest of the team. And I have to say, with the team that we have, as I've mentioned, they are thirsty for that. They want that knowledge. And so providing them with that opportunity typically is enough and they just run with it. Well, I think that's just a great example of what we call level five leadership. And I mean, while you're setting the vision for the company, you're bringing the right people onto the bus and you don't seem to feel the need to be the smartest person in the room since you're providing that forum for your team to debate and achieve alignment on these common goals. And in turn, you ultimately allow the smartest people in the room, the innovators, to get their inventions into the market with the North Star that you set in sight. Ben, as we bring this conversation to a close, I'd like to ask one final question. Looking ahead, which specific leadership skill sets and capabilities will be the most important for your company to meet its strategic goals? Scott, that is a brilliant question. And as you just said, I don't need to be the smartest person in the room, which is fortunate because I almost never am the smartest person in the room in this company. It is just the reality. And that growth curve as a leader is always challenging personally. So it's one thing to say, I want to hire people that are smarter than me, that know more, that have better expertise. It can be kind of trite and it's obvious. It's very different to find yourself in a situation as I find myself today with an executive team that are extraordinarily accomplished, extraordinarily smart. And not only am I usually not the smartest person in the room, I think there's a lot of times when everybody else in the room is smarter than me. And so I think that is part of my growth opportunity is to continue to bring those people on board, to learn from them, to not be threatened by them and learn how to grow as a CEO with a front line of executives with extraordinary competency and passion and being the leader that they need me to be so that they can be as effective as possible as a team. Humility and active listening. That's kind of what I'm hearing over there. Well, I think that's a great note to wrap up the conversation, Ben. Thanks for making time with us today. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed this, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. 
And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time. 